Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Of course, I'm Steve Mathis. You can get this show on iTunes. You can get it on Stitcher app on your phone. You can get it on pulphockey.com. Thanks for listening. Two under, uh, the number two UNDR, the best men's underwear out there. Ferraro 20 is the code to save you money with those uh, guys. Great bunch of guys down there and a great company. Like I said, a lot of NHL players use two under for uh, protecting their uh, – under underwear uh, areas and uh, great guys and uh, Joey Pouch included on there and uh, don't forget the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com also helps us uh, allows us to keep the show going so thanks for your support everybody with me on the line uh, a guy from uh, not to make him feel old but he was my uh, childhood goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs a guy I rooted for uh, many many nights uh, former uh, Toronto Maple Leaf Detroit Red Wing Dallas Star Orlando Solar Bear uh, among among others Alan Bester what's up Alan how are you I'm great, thank you. Just enjoying uh, beautiful weather here in Orlando. Yeah, I bet. That's a, not a bad place to settle after your playing career. You played for Orlando, uh, had some success down there in the old IHL, and I guess you're like, when it was over, you looked around and you said, hmm, I'm just going to stay here. Exactly. <laughs> um, what's going on with you nowadays? You're, uh, you're in the uh, hotel uh, hospitality business, huh? Yes, I've been, uh, once, once I retired in 98, I started working for Holiday Inn, I was with them for five years mm-hmm. and then moved on to Marriott, who I was with for seven. And then I went to a small, uh, single-owned property for a couple years before moving on to, to Hilton. And now with Hilton, Bonnet Creek, and Waldorf Astoria in Orlando, and I've kind of reached the pinnacle, let's say the NHL of uh, <laughs> hospitality now that I'm uh, – yeah, at this property, I'm going to finish out and retire here. Oh, nice! Since you're a sales manager there, so is that something where if somebody wants a, a book, a whole bunch of rooms, they they deal with you, or somebody underneath you, or whatever? They you're kind of in you're in charge of trying to get group sales and things like that. I imagine. Yeah, I I handle group sales, and um, my main market, of course, is sports. Uh, working with um, sports groups, and then anything basically non-corporate, non-association. So mm-hmm. everything from family reunions to um, other groups such as, um, you know, wedding blocks and things like that. But my main my main market is the sports market that I've handled. Uh, I'm working with the NFL right now. Um, can't really say too much about it except right. there's going to be an announcement before the end of the month. Uh, oh, then cool. uh, also working with Major League Baseball and, and things like that. So, what about when they come in and play the Magic? Do they stay out by you, or where do they stay downtown? Yeah, they stay more downtown. Yeah, uh, there's uh, very fine hotels close to the arena, so they handle uh, handle it there. I'm more, I'm much closer to Disney. So yeah, in Southwest Orlando. Right. So a lot of my a lot of my groups are coming to the ESPN Sports Complex at Disney. Yeah, uh, handle a lot of the soccer teams and things like that are, that are coming to ESPN Sports Complex. Yeah, the Braves. The Braves are out of there now. Or are they still there? 
No, they're still there. They got uh, one more year. Okay. I work with yeah. them. Right. I handle I handle a lot of their front office sure. and uh, some of their their players that uh, uh, need a hotel because a lot of them rent houses when they're down here right. and they have uh, have that set up. But there's players that need hotels um, that are maybe borderline players mm-hmm. or players that are going to go off to the minors. So we we work with the Braves. Uh, for the past well, three, four years, I've been working with them, so it's they don't been put, great. They don't put and then, and then diff, different teams such as, uh, oh shoot, uh, St. Louis Cardinals uh, stay with us for a couple nights when they come play the Braves, and a couple other teams when they come uh, play the Braves and plan to stay overnight. I'm surprised they don't put the fringe guys up in Holiday Inn Express as they put them up at Waldorf Astorias. <laughs> um, nice. Well, the, mainly the Hilton, the Hilton, Hilton yeah. side of it, but. Uh, uh, these are these are usually their premier players that uh, they've got a shot to make the big team. Yeah, they put them there. You know, it was weird. I was in San Fran last week and uh, stayed down there. Went to go see a couple Jays games. They played the Giants. And the uh, NBA playoffs were in town. Portland's playing Golden State. Now, Golden State's in Oakland. Uh, the But yet the... Um, the Portland guys are staying, you know, right by our hotel in downtown San Fran. They didn't even want to go to Oakland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. Right, right. They were just like, yeah, we're out of here. Um, hey, did I see that you strapped on the pads a little while ago for alumni game? Was that? Am, am, am I thinking like it was a long time ago? Like when was that? Did, I swear. Well, you did... I've done a couple. I've okay. done a couple alumni games, uh, probably closer to my retirement time. Okay. Um, but uh, once a year, the Orlando Solar Bears, who are in town, that are now an ECHL team. Right. Um, I've had a pretty tight relationship with them. They've asked me to do autograph signings, drop the puck, uh, mm-hmm. quite a few different events for them every year. So they have a um, a charity game they play once a year, um, where they have a few NHL players play with uh, players from the men's league in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And uh, those players pay to play in the game, and they play at the Arena. Excuse me, the Amway. Oh, the Amway, yeah, yeah. With us, and we've had uh, Brian Trache, we've had uh, Marcel Dion, um, we've also had um, Curtis Joseph, myself. So I play. I played in that in the past couple of years. This year, I decided to pass mm-hmm. uh, due to some some health issues. I've had uh, a couple pulmonary embolisms the last few years. So being oh, on blood thinners, it's not a good idea for me to be playing no. anymore. So I've hung up the, the goal, the goal equipment. It's up in the attic somewhere now. <laughs> do you still have the old stuff or do you run the new stuff? Oh no, I still wear my old deer hair. Oh, pads oh nice. nice. Stuff, so. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, didn't, did Cujo play for Orlando at some point? Was he holding out? back in the day no okay no he didn't play for orlando at any time all right Um, i know he played for a few i know vegas for a little bit here in town he played for the vegas town when he was waiting on a contract or something but mm -hmm. i didn't know where that came from um so uh yeah that's cool to see that you still at least used to strap on the pads and play some alumni stuff and all that you were a big hit down there uh when you played uh also too uh won the mvp for the uh ahl uh calder cup too one year so um hey and the nice thing about that was uh we ended up playing Toronto's farm system in the finals. Oh, they played Newmarket. Uh, that was the, the year after I got traded from oh. Toronto to Detroit, I went down to Adirondack, and uh, Barry Melrose being our coach, uh, we ended up beating St. John's Maple Leafs in okay. the finals. Um, the interesting about thing about that series was no one won a home game. Every win was on the road. <laughs> really? So we ended up oh, winning wow. the cup in St. John's. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you're just like, hey, hey, Leaf fans, what's up? 
You could have had me. So I just waved. I waved at the leaf brass after I won the MVP. Oh, nice! I like it. I like it. You know, I was doing some research on you. Obviously, I remember. Not to date you. I'm 42, so not to date you, but you were my childhood goaltender. You know, um, I've got 10 years on you. Yeah. So okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Exactly. We're not that far. Um, so I was doing some research for you, and I obviously remember you in those mid 80s teams and uh, and all that. But I didn't realize that you'd played as a 18, 19 year old after you got drafted with Paul Mateer and those guys. I forgot about that. Uh, that's how you broke in at, at first. Um, do you think, like, obviously, and we're going to talk about the Leafs and kind of how much of a mess they were, but you're drafted third around, 48th overall in the 83 draft. And, um, like, Probably like most goalies nowadays in the NHL, we see a lot of guys leaving them down, leaving them down, getting them some shots, getting them some seasoning. You're brought up into a team that's not very good, and um, you know, and again, you're you're with Palmatier and these guys. And do you wish you would have? Looking back on it, it was probably awesome to stay, but you probably needed some seasoning, huh? Well, it was it was an interesting time for me. Um, I was playing my third year of junior, mm-hmm. uh, and I had just come back from the World Junior Championships. And I got the call from Toronto to come up and play for a few games because Palmateur was sick, and I think Rick St. Croix was injured. So mm-hmm. I came up, and I played half a dozen games or so. Played well, mm-hmm. I, I got to admit, I played well. Um, you know, we the Leafs had hadn't had a win or a point in quite some time, and I came up and we went up tying Chicago two two and. I was big news in Toronto. Of course, um, right, yeah. Calling me the savior, and then uh, <laughs> they sent me back to junior. But and when Palmateer came back mm-hmm. from the injury, and then the Leafs went on hard times for a little while. So my uh, my coach at the time in junior, Dave Draper, mm-hmm. said, you know, depending on how the Leafs do this weekend, you may be going back. So <laughs> I was kind of watching the scores and kind of right. hoping for uh, the Leafs would get blown out and. Uh, they, they had some troubles, so I got the call to come back. And um, the reason being was they weren't going anywhere. The fans wanted me back. And so Mr. Ballard said, hey, you know, we're not giving the fans anything they want on the ice. So they want Bester back, so they brought me back up. And I uh, finished out the year. I played 25 games in a row mm-hmm. for the Leafs. And it was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, so, so you're 18-19, right around then. I was 19 yeah. at the time, yes. 19 years old, yeah. Um, and obviously, Amazing look. About average of 38 <laughs> shots a game per night. Uh, average. I bet. Um, you'd want The paycheck was nice. You're in the NHL. That's awesome and all that. But uh, at the same time, maybe you're starting to develop, you know, a little bit of bad habits. I don't know where you're at. You're, you're thinking, like, man, I just want to, you know, get my feet wet, get as a pro and, and, you know, come in when I'm ready. But I guess you're thrown to the wolves, right? Like a lot of guys were when you look at uh, Cortnell and, uh, and Gary Nyland and, and these guys. Just kind of, hey, you're drafted and now you're playing. Yeah, it, it, I, for me it was great because mm-hmm. who's to say I would have made it back to the NHL? Okay. You know, yeah. you never know. You know, you get buried in the minors and they, they lose favor with you and the next thing you know you're a career minor leaguer. So it was great for me to step in and play. Um, it's just too bad that we didn't have solid management at the time. I mean, there was, I mean, I had yeah. a dozen coaches. Um, coaches all had different ideas. And, um, you know, they were trying to tell me, you know, you need to stand up. Well, that wasn't my game. I was a butterfly-style goaltender, and mm-hmm. I had developed that towards the end of my uh, junior career, and it was working for me in the NHL. And, you know, I had the speed I, up and down pretty quickly. So it it was working for me. But mm-hmm. then they, they told me, I, you know, you need to stand up. You need to stand up. Well, I tried to do that. The problem is 
when you're butterfly goaltender and you try and stand up, you are susceptible to goals between your legs because you're not going down to cover that. Mm-hmm. So um, it became a very confusing time for me <laughs> to try and be the goaltender that I needed to be, right. but also make them happy by trying to stand up. So I've got a very interesting story. My second year, I was uh, playing Montreal Canadiens, mm-hmm. which was my boyhood team. And we went into the forum at the beginning of the year, and um, Dan Maloney was on my case. He's mm-hmm. saying, Alan, you got to stand up. you got to stand up more. You can't go down so much. I said, okay. So I went to Johnny Bauer. I said, Johnny, I said, they're telling me to stand up. That's not my style. Uh-huh. That's not the way I play. That's not the way I stop the puck. So Johnny just said, do it, got you here. You know, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. liked you yeah. as a goaltender when you played junior. When you played last year, you did you know, whatever you did to stop the puck. So just play your style. So I went into that Montreal game. I went down on everything. Shots from the far end I butterflied on. Every shot I went down and up. We ended up winning 4-2. As I'm stepping off the ice, Dan Maloney pats me in the back. Now that's the way to stand up, Alan. Oh, jeez. I just just shook my head. You know what? Right. The coach. Don't know goaltending. So well, and there's, there's no uh, dedicated it was the days before yeah. real goaltending coaches. Yeah, I was just saying these aren't dedicated goalie coaches. These aren't video sessions with you. This is none of this is going on at this time. It's just a guy, you know, Dan Maloney, who played in the league and was like, "Ah, you need to stand up more." That's all. <laughs> yeah, and he played. He played in an older time when goaltenders didn't go down. They did you know? stand up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, even even Johnny Bauer. Yeah, he, he he didn't. Yeah, they never went down back in the day. Um, when Brophy came on. I remember there was a little bit of hope. There was some, uh, you know, you now you have the Hound line there, uh, and uh, Wendell was drafted. I afraid he's there. Gary Lehman's starting to come on his own. You and Kenny Raggett uh, start establishing it being a solid one-two, uh, up and down. Like it, it was really weird. Like one guy, correct me if I'm wrong, Alan, but it seemed like one of you guys would grab the job for a little while, and then. The other guy would grab the job for a little while. And you both play pretty well, considering the amount of rubber you'd see, as we talked about. But it always seemed like you guys were splitting the starts, almost down the middle, huh? Well, what what it was, was Kenny was the number one goaltender. They wanted him to be the number one goaltender. He was six foot two. We covered more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was more their idea of what they wanted in a goaltender. So he was he was generally the number one guy. And I would come in and play well, and then I'd get three or four starts, and then I'd lose a game, and then I'd be back on the bench for, for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So um, it came – well, the, and the reason I got there was I had broken the minors. Oh, okay. Yep. Dan, Maloney, Dan Maloney sent Kenny and I both down, and then there was an injury, and Kenny went back up. So I stayed in the minors, and uh, Brof was my coach and, and played well for him, played mm-hmm. well into the playoffs for him. So when he went to Toronto the following year um, – when the team struggled a little bit, he called me back up and I started, started playing again in the NHL. So then I stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, then they decided, um, that, uh, my numbers were better than Kenny's. Mm-hmm. And even though I wasn't playing as much as he was, um, and Brof was very quick to pull a goaltender. He would, uh, <laughs> he was he let in a goal yeah. or two. He, you were out of there. And then if that guy let a goal or two, he threw the other guy back in. So there was a lot of, um, up and down with uh, with Brof there, but mm-hmm. you know if you played well for Brof, he, he loved you and he went with you. And, he, and as he said, he was great for me because he, he looked at me and said, "Alan, I know nothing about goaltending. <laughs> stop the buck. Yeah, stop the buck." And 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 I love that. I mean, then I could play my game. I had my confidence. I was fine. So mm-hmm. 
and then they decided to trade Kenny. You know, they felt I was uh, I was solid enough to be the number one guy, and I was for a couple of years then. Did you and Kenny get along? Were you guys buddies? Did it get weird? Because sometimes um, it can, you know, with goaltending partners and guys who are both trying to grab a, grab a, a, a number one spot. Well, we tried. We were very different people. Okay. Um, I can't say we weren't friends, but we weren't we weren't as close as I would like to have uh, to have been. I mean, especially both of us being 19 years old. Excuse me a second. Yeah, no problem. Um, but both of us being 19 and both of us trying to win the job and. It was it was strained. Um, okay. Plus, uh, we were very different characters. I was very um, high strung, uh, very nervous. Okay. Um, so I I was always um, a little more talkative, a little more, um, mm-hmm. as I say, ner- a nervous, nervous, or anxious yeah, yeah. person. Well, Kenny yep. was much more laid back. So we didn't mesh real well. So we didn't room together on the road. And, um, I'd like to have been closer to Kenny, but we, we became closer, you know, after he left, we became much closer. Yeah. Funny how that works. Right. I mean, it's just one of those things that not a lot. I mean, you hear nowadays, some goalie tandems get along great and they're buddies and everything else, but it's gotta be weird. You're both, you, you want his job. He wants your job or whatever it works out, you know? So exactly. I mean, and and it, works. it worked out well when I went to Detroit, cause I worked with Chris Osgood and the miners mm-hmm. after, after winning the Calder cup the following year, they brought in Osgood and, uh, I worked with him all year, and we split the season completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I played the playoffs, but we split the season, and you know, worked with him, and he, it was good. It was mm-hmm. a good, uh, good relationship. He was a young guy; I was almost thirty, um, so that was a good, good relationship between Chris Osgood and I. I've talked to some guys on this podcast show. Um, Al Secord comes to mind. I did one with him. Uh, I met him a little bit. And I'm trying to think of another guy. Uh, oh, Eddie Olchuk. I did one with Eddie O. Eddie uh, O, yep. Yeah, and I've asked them both the same question. And was John Brophy crazy? Because that's what it seemed like as a kid watching him. He was a crazy man. But they've all, they both had, Secord was like, yeah, he wanted me to fight all the time, which I didn't like. But to my surprise, Alan, um, my perception of John Brophy and the way he is from Eddie O and, and a little bit from Secord and maybe from you because you had him in the minors, is that the guy really did kind of know what he was doing. Oh, he was he was a great coach. I mean, yeah. minor league coach, he was f- fantastic as a minor league coach. He he had winners. He, he brought players along. Um, Brof was unique. Um, he, was much, <laughs> he was much more a throwback right. than – an NHL coach. He was much more a throwback to the old days. Um, Brof was intense. Right. If you want to say anything about Brophy, he was intense. Um, many a night, um, he'd come in and start snapping sticks and ripping his jacket off and tearing his shred, <laughs> punching walls, throwing his right. throwing his watch against the wall, shattering in a million pieces. I mean, really, Brof huh? yeah, was yeah. intense. He hated to lose, and he hated lack of effort. Um, I mean, there's uh, many incidents that I can remember, especially in the minors, um, where Brof was uh, some very interesting stories about Brof. Right. Um, but you know, he, he made he made me sit at center ice one night after after or one day after practice, or excuse <laughs> me, during practice, I had to sit on a chair at center ice because the police, as he said, the players watched me work last night. Now they're now I'm going to sit and watch them work. So they practiced skating for an hour <laughs> while I sat on a chair at center ice. Oh, sweet, right? Um, I wasn't allowed to practice because I did the work. You did the all night the work. Before they didn't. 
That's why he like loved like Brad Smith, right? Motor <laughs> Brad Smith exactly. and, and Wendell and these guys like that. He just loved them. Um, yeah. But he, but he, but like Eddie O said, like he knew the game. He knew the game. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm got to tell you, Alan. Like as a fan, I'm like, why does Ballard have this guy coaching the Leafs? I, he's freaking out. He's yelling. He's screaming. I'm just like, this guy seems like he's lost control. But again, like I said, these guys are saying he's a hockey guy. He knows his stuff. Oh, he knew his stuff, definitely. He just was very, very intense. Um, and, and he let it out. I mean, yeah. he showed it. Right. You know, some guys keep it inside and end up drinking or, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> going going a little off the yeah. off the, the deep end. But Brof just let everything out. He he, he had his heart on his sleeve. And <clears throat> if you played well, he told you. If yeah. you didn't play well, he told you that, too. And he made you work. And he wasn't going to be outworked. And that was one thing... Uh, Definitely that uh, he he worked us hard to, so that we wouldn't be outworked on the ice. I got to say, I don't blame if you and if you and Kenny Raggett, if you guys ever went into some heavy therapy after leaving the Leafs, uh, judging by the amount of shots you took and faced night after night, no matter who was the coach, whether it was Maloney or Brophy, or uh, I think I think you were, for, you were there for Tom Water, Doug Carpenter a little bit too. Um, Doug Carpenter was, was there, and him and I did not see eye to eye oh, that whatsoever. One? And that, yeah. that was my ushering out of, a, out, okay. out of Toronto. Because um, yeah. yeah, Doug Carpenter and I would just were not. Uh, he he liked to play mind games, and he liked to play mind games with everybody. Okay, but you don't play mind games with your goalie. <laughs> yeah, um, not really, right? Not a, not a good idea, that. right? You know, when you're winning a game and your goaltender's playing well, you don't start nitpicking at mistakes between periods with them. Um, I I lost it one night. We're beating Calgary. Mm-hmm. In Maple Leaf Gardens after the first period, and he comes in and, and starts telling me, you know, you overplayed this. And I was like, you've got to be kidding <laughs> We're me. winning, right. I, uh, yeah. You know, I'm trying to undermine my confidence in the middle of a game. That's just, yeah. you know. And again, I'm sorry. He, he, yeah, go ahead. Him and I did not see eye to eye. And then, and then he, he, he used the press to try and keep you down and, you know, he was he was he was supposed to be a defensive minded coach. He, he was, and yes. With from, Eddie Olchuk yeah. and and Gary Lehman and Mark Osborne and the guys we had, we were an offensive team. We mm-hmm. were run and gun. And Allen, you know, you're going to get lots of shots, but if you can hold them off, we're going to score goals for you. And yeah. that's the way we played, and that's why we were winning. Well, he kept preaching defense, defense, defense all year, and we won in spite of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way it went. We won in spite of him. There, yeah, there were some games like I've watched the old Leaf games. Or I don't, I don't know if you ever, you ever gone onto Apple TV, NHL Vault, and watch old games of yourself because you're on there. I don't know if you, you know, I've, if those I've are. I've got, uh, I've got a bunch of tapes that I taped okay. when I was uh, when I played. Those are probably nightmares. Uh, I deleted for you. the bad ones and just kept the good ones. <laughs> well, I was gonna say uh, every game I've watched, I, like you're just facing so much pucks, it's ridiculous. <laughs> You make mistakes and you let in bad goals here and there. But, you know, my big thing was I just wanted to give us a chance to win every night. No matter how many shots, if it was 10 shots, if it was 65 like I had in Hartford one night, um, I just wanted to give us a chance to win. You yes. know, I couldn't score goals, but mm-hmm. if I could if I could keep the opposition down, you know, we had the players that could score goals. You know, you had Lehman and, and Olchek and right. Osborne and, and Clark, and we had guys that could play, and, and Stumpy. Um, Steve Thomas. Yeah. I mean, we had some great players. Cortnell. Um, you faced 65 shots in a game? I didn't know this. I wish I would have known this. Regu- regular season game in Hartford. In Hartford. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, Greg <laughs> Millen was in the other net, and they had 32 shots on me in the second period. 
We went into the third period winning two to one. Jeez. Oh, oh and man. And then I got then Jim Benning accidentally deflected two shots in on me and we lost three two in the third period. Jeez. There's probably a few of those games that you can think of where you were like, Man, I played unbelievable and we lost. You know? Uh, like I said, as a fan, I watch these games a, a lot and I'm just like, Wow. Um you know, whether it was the defensive structure, the coaching, whatever it was, you and Kenny were left out to dry a lot uh, over the years. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> do you have any Ally Freddy stories that you could actually share publicly, or are they all off limits? Because by all accounts, uh, Al, Al was uh, Al was a piece of work. Al was a unique individual, <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely. Um, I didn't hang with Al too much, and uh, I tried to do my job. And I mean, he was a talented, talented he individual. Was, yeah. He had unbelievable speed and great great balance and he was a great player um but uh, i don't i can't think of any that jump out to me right now mm-hmm. we used to tease him that he you know he he had all the tools but no toolbox and right. you know, jokingly yeah. but right. al was a great guy i mean he was he was uh he was a terrific individual he would just he just you know, ran to the beat of a different drum. Yeah, um, and there was some skill on that team. You brought it up earlier, like all those guys, they could score. You had uh, Courtney, I think, was a hell of a player. Uh, uh, Wendell was a great player when he was healthy. His wrist shot was killer. Uh, Lehman scored 50 goals in the league one year, like like you said, Stumpy Lehman Thomas. was probably the most talented individual that was he really? With. Was he really? Yeah, wow. he, yeah. He, he, could do, he could do it all. He was, he was an all-around sportsman. I mean, he he was a shortstop in baseball. He was a scratch golfer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gary had unbelievable hands. You know, I'd work with him after practice and, and try and hone myself. But, you know, Gary was uh, had some wow. great, great ability. And that's – and Eddie was a great playmaker. Right. You know, we had a fantastic line there because you had uh, Osborne, who'd do the dirty work, go mm-hmm. in the corners, dig the puck out, get it to Eddie. Eddie would set up Gary, and Gary had the great hands to put it in. So, yep. I mean, that was one of one of the key lines that uh, was in Toronto, during, especially during the 80s. You were. It says here you are born in Hamilton. Uh, did you grow up in the greater Toronto area, or did you grow up in Hamilton? I grew up in Hamilton. Okay. Um, uh, my family, I'm the youngest of eight kids, and my family all lived in Hamilton, and so I was kind of lucky for my uh, for the most part of my career, where you know I went to Brantford to play junior, which sure. was thirty minutes away. Then I went to Toronto, which was thirty minutes away. When I got sent to the minors, I went to St. Catharines, thirty minutes away. So <laughs> yeah. I was I was right in the vicinity of home and got to see you know my family quite often um, during the early part of my career before I ended up moving to Detroit and then San Diego and. Anaheim and Dallas and um, so. What I was going to say was you mentioned Montreal was your childhood team, but was it tough for you? Uh, Reggett was from out west. I think he's from Brandon, my area, Brandon. Um, yeah. Uh, was it tough for you being uh, look Hamilton's not Toronto, but it's sort. I mean, you grew up. You know, the Leafs are the ginormous team. In those 80s, you mid-80s, you're living in Toronto, the team's struggling, um, you're trying your best. Was that tough on you, or because you liked Montreal, you didn't really care, like, fan-wise? I didn't, I didn't like Montreal once I got traded, drafted by Toronto. That's for sure. Right, right. Um, but uh, it was great because everybody I knew saw me play every night. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was it was great to play in Toronto. I mean, it's the hockey mecca of the world. Sure, yeah. So for me, it was fantastic. I was a young kid, doing the best I could. Um, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as everybody thought because hey, 
I went out and just did the best I could, and I wasn't getting blamed because yeah. I was out there doing everything I could to keep the team in the game. Um, it wasn't until the team started having success that the microscope came on me about certain goals and things like that, and they weren't. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it was overemphasized by the coach. So it became everyone's topic. Right. So it, yeah. it became tough towards the end, you know, where um, I wasn't getting the support I was getting earlier in my career, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it was time for me to move on. But you know, it, I got I got sent to the minors on uh, rehab, and next thing I knew, I was in the minors, and then Detroit traded for me. So it was it was it was it was, it was good to get out of Toronto. I eight years there. It, yep. was, it was time. Yeah, it was like exactly accumulation of a lot of things. But you know, only in Toronto, only for you playing in Toronto all those years ago. Like like right now, you could probably fly to Toronto and get paid to sign some autographs. Alan Bester could, and that's a great thing about Toronto. Do you know what I mean? Like fans yeah, I, remember. I just came yep. back from there. I oh, just okay. Came back from doing the the card show in Toronto. <laughs> see at the International Center. That's what yep. I meant. Yeah. See, pe- like fans don't forget, man, which is cool. That's a cool part of of the Leafs and. You know, so yeah, sometimes it sucks. Like, right now, it's not the greatest atmosphere, and that's better now with Austin Matthews coming and all that. But you know what I mean? Like, it, uh, it's a tough city when things aren't going well, but in the end of the day, they'll always remember you. They always have a place in your heart, you know? And they, Oh, yeah. So that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, with work, too, it, it's, uh, it's helped with work. You know, I've, I'm dealing with people, and they, they go, you know, there's a goaltender named Alan Bester. And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was. I heard of him. He's now working in hotels. Right. So, right. It, it's helped with work. You know, uh, uh, it gives me gives me instant um, credibility with sure. a lot of people, especially in the sports industry. You know, when you're dealing with NFL, NBA, yeah. um, Major League Baseball, when they realize that you've been a professional athlete for 15 years, they they give you a a different. Per- it gives you a different perspective mm-hmm. on dealing with them. Sure. Uh, how was how was uh, Harold Ballard with you? And obviously, all those stories I've read them all and I've heard them all. And I mean, there was he was a big part of the reasons. You know, being cheap, no, not scouting very much, uh, not having Russian players when everyone else kind of did. Lots of things for Ballard. But how was your relationship with him? I had a great relationship with Mr. Ballard. I I uh, I've had a few stories about Mr. Ballard that I've told over the years where. He's the reason I ended up in Toronto at 19 years old and mm-hmm. was able to shine my first year and develop and keep my career going in the NHL for the first eight years. Mm-hmm. It was because Mr. Ballard gave me a shot. And Mr. Ballard turned around and told told the brass who wanted to keep me in the minors, um, you know, the fans want Bester, bring him back. Bring him so, back, yeah. Uh, one time uh, Mr. Ballard was in the, the training room because he, he had diabetes and he was having his feet treated by the trainer. And I walked in, and, and uh, Mr. Ballard looks at me and goes, Hey, Bester, I get you a ride at Greenwood tonight. I chuckled at him. I said, Mr. Ballard, you better be nice to me. I said, you just better be nice to me, or I'll ruin your reputation and tell everyone you're actually Santa Claus. <laughs> so, um, you know, he treated us fantastically. I mean, he, did? He, was, okay. he was all about the players. Um, I mean, he had some run-ins with uh, Sittler and, right. and, and players like that in the past. But for me, he treated me great. Uh, as I said, he gave me my opportunity. Um, I was sad to see him go. And and you know what? When my brother passed away, when I was in Toronto, Mr. Ballard, King Clancy, they came to my brother's funeral, which yeah. which said a lot to me. You know, and it was in Hamilton, and they mm-hmm. they showed up at the funeral, and that was just uh, very touching to me. So I've got a little different perspective, yeah. of Mr. Ballard. Yeah, he, he, I'm... he liked he liked to be in the in the in the limelight. He liked to. Uh, 
get the fans going and get the, the media going. He, he played games with them. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming from a straight outsider point of view. You know what I mean? And you know what's funny, Alan, is I talked to Gord Stelic on this show, too. And I was, you know, obviously the youngest GM. He lasted like two years there. And I was talking to Gord about it. And you know what? After everything he went through and, and the ups and downs and all these tirades that Harold threw, he really, at the bottom of the end, end of the day, he had good things to say about Harold Ballard. And I thought he was going to come on and, you know, kind of ruin the yep. guy a little bit. But nope. You know? Yep. Yep. I like Mr. Ballard. I mean, uh, he was eccentric and he was, yeah, he was yeah. out there, but uh, he had a good heart. He was a good man. Uh, so you get traded to Detroit, like you said. Not a surprise because you had feuding with Carpenter. You're in the minors. Uh, you get traded to Detroit. You win a Calder Trophy uh, with Detroit, and that's that's got to be awesome, like you said, against uh, St. John. So that's pretty sweet. The best part of your career, though, Alan, I think, is the comeback with Dallas. Like literally three, four years out of the NHL, and you get called up to Dallas for 10 games. Um, were you a free agent? Was the, was the Gulls, San Diego Gulls their farm team, or how did that work? Well, I, when I was with, well, let's go through it. It's going to be a long story. But uh, when, <laughs> no, I, went go, to, when do, I went yeah. to Detroit, I thought, you know, um, within two weeks, I'm going to be the number one goaltender here. <laughs> right. you know, they, they brought me in. They traded for me. They, they must you know, really like me. Um, I get there, and I find out Brian Murray didn't want to trade for me. He <laughs> was a fan of big goalies, um, and he was, he was coaching GM. So I'm like, okay, why did you right. trade for me? Right. The owner told him to because I was a wing killer, and they didn't want me to go to Minnesota or Chicago and end up causing the wings more trouble sure. being in the same division. So they traded for me. So I played a few games, and then, as I said, my brother passed away. So, um, no, um, yeah, my brother passed away, so I missed some games. Uh-huh. And uh, then the following year, I was there for a while, but didn't really get a chance to play. Uh, they traded for Vincent Riando, and then I went to the minors. So um, once I finished with Detroit, I was supposed to, when I, after winning the Calder Cup, I was supposed to go back to the NHL. I was supposed to go in the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, um, it didn't happen. Um, I was supposed to go to Ottawa, actually. Okay. Uh, and they ended up signing someone for a little bit less money. And so I ended up working with Chris Osgood all year. So once my contract was done, I was a free agent. Anaheim was the new team on the block. Yep. They were an expansion team. They needed some depth. So they traded for they uh, signed uh, Tugnut and uh, Guy Bear mm-hmm. from the expansion draft, and they brought me in as a filler. You know, as a right. guy to put in the minor to kind of. Well, I went through camp, and once we got in the exhibition games, I played in the exhibition games. It was coming up to the season. They called me in and said, "Alan, um, we're sending you to the minors, but we got to tell you, you were the best goalie in camp by far." <laughs> You're said, like, okay. okay. <laughs> they said, we traded, we, we signed these guys mm-hmm. off the expansion draft. Um, we're deeper in goaltending than anywhere else. They said, you're a groin pull from being back up here. Yeah. Said, okay. Yeah. Um, so fine. I went to the minors, um, but they had Stalinkoff, which was a 28-year-old rookie. Yeah. Who <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't send to the minors on a minor league. Contra- on, a, on, a, on an NHL contract without going through waivers. Mm-hmm. So they, they kept sending him down, but kept calling him back up. So I kept playing in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Had good, two good years in San Diego. Never got a call up to Anaheim. Um, I was the all-star goalie for two years, played well in the playoffs. Um, so when Anaheim turned around and said, hey, we want to re-sign you mm-hmm. 
for at least two years, um, you'll be our number three man. He said, you're going to be in the NHL for X amount of games and gave me all these promises. I said, you know what? <laughs> See ya. Send me the contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took that contract. I dropped it on Don Waddell's desk, who was our GM. And I said, you match that contract, the minor league salary, for three years, and I'm yours in Orlando. So I turned Anaheim down, and Orlando signed me to fantastic minor league contract here in Orlando. Yeah. And came here and played. Uh, you know, I, I had a good first year. I was playing well. Dallas needed some help. My agent talked to the Dallas Stars. They had uh, two injuries to uh, Wakaluk and... Um, would have been Turco? Uh, no, it would have been Wakaluk and... Um, Hold on, I can, fa- I can find out right Edmonton away. Yeah. O- Edmonton Oiler goaltender. Um, uh, and- oh, Moog. Andy Moog. Moog. Yep. Both of those were both of them were hurt, so they needed a guy to come up that that could win. So they they structured my contract for for a one year contract with an emphasis on bonuses for wins. Mm-hmm. So I came up and won the first three games. Um, I, I think I tied the next one and then won the the following or lost a couple and then won mm-hmm. one more. So I ended up winning four games and tying one while I was there. And I just kept saying, you know, I'm looking forward to going back to Orlando once the guys come back. <laughs> right. And the coach calls me in and goes, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I finished out my 10 games, and um, Wakala came back, but I kept playing. And then when Moog came back, they were they were able to send me down to the minors. So Interesting. Orlando. So when you went to Orlando from San Diego, was Orlando affiliated with anybody or no? You were just independent, like I'm – Independent. Uh, yeah. Independent team. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's interesting. <clears throat> so you kind of almost had, in a way, mentally had to tell yourself, like, the NHL is not happening. I got a good deal. I'm in Orlando, and I'm happy. Like, that's kind of how your, your attitude had to I be, made, I guess. I, I made that decision when I turned Anaheim down. I said, right. you know what? I, I don't need to be in the NHL. Yeah. I, that, that's, I've been there, done that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't need to be a yo-yo anymore. I've got a family. I've got two girls. Um you know, it's time for me to settle down and play and, right. just, and just enjoy playing. So Orlando made the most sense to me. So I decided I was coming here to play the best I could for Orlando. Yeah, started. And 50. I was actually, I was actually hesitant going to Dallas. Um, <laughs> my, agent, my agent was afraid I was going to turn it down. You're thinking you're um, crazy, right? <laughs> but I said, as long as when they send me back, I go back to Orlando, I'll go. Mm-hmm. If they want to send me to Kalamazoo, their farm system, mm-hmm. I'm not going. Right. I said, I. You know, I want to keep my Orlando deal. Yeah. It's a sweet deal. Um, you know, I was the first player signed for Orlando. I was the face of the franchise. You know, I was. it was a good deal for me, so I didn't want to lose that. Yeah, Alfie Turcock, Kerry Clark, Wendell's brother on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave, Dave Barr, ex-Red Wing. Um, yep. Yeah, some good players. We had, a, we had a lot of great players, and, and we played well. We played really well. We went right to the finals. We mm-hmm. ended up losing to uh, Butch Goring's team in the finals. Um, but we had a great season. I mean, we, we worked hard. And then even the following year, um, we set a record for wins by a professional hockey team uh, or a winning streak or mm-hmm. non-losing streak. We, we set it in, uh, in Orlando. It was, it was a great time. And then, and then I ended up uh, tearing some ankle tendons mm-hmm. towards the end of that season and didn't know it. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't painful. It just, I couldn't, I couldn't move on my right foot, and finally they diagnosed it, and so I went in and had surgery, and I was out till January and came back and 
played the rest of the year, but it was it was tough. Mm-hmm. And I, then they decided that they were doing an affiliation with Atlanta because that's where Don Waddell went. That's right. Yep. So they didn't need non uh, affiliated yeah, yeah. goaltenders. Right. So I decided that was it. I didn't. I had some offers to go play elsewhere in the eye, and I decided. I remember. Uh, I remember how stoked I was as a Leaf fan when you play, came up and played for Dallas. I'm like, yeah, he's back. Like, I didn't really, you know, back then the internet wasn't around as much, and I was traveling a lot, and I didn't really know what had happened to you. And then you come up and you played really well, and it was awesome. It was a nice way to end it a little bit in the NHL. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I can come up here. I can still play. Yeah, and, and the eye was. Yeah, it people was, didn't realize. Yeah. the eye at that time, the International League, was a miniature NHL. We yep. were flying everywhere. We were we were paid well. We had a lot of ex NHLers. We had all the top prospects in the league. We had Radic Bonk played played mm-hmm. in Vegas. We had uh, uh, oh, Bonka um, and yep. uh, what's, what's the oh, other guy? Yashin played um, too. Yashin played for a bit. Yashin I think. Yep. played. Yep. I mean, we had it was a fantastic league, and the pressure wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, we weren't making we weren't making six figures. Yeah. Or seven figures, but we were we were earning a good living, and and you could play in the minors and have a good good career. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was loving it. I was enjoying it. You know, where can you every day of the year go to practice, <laughs> get out of practice, and go play golf? I know Orlando's not so not so bad. No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, before we wrap this up, I've got a few more questions for you. Alan Bester here on the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Uh, thanks again for your time, Alan. It's been fun. Um, who scared you more, Gretzky or Lemieux? Did one guy have your number? Obviously, you saw Gretzky a lot more being in the in the uh, Campbell Conference, but uh, did uh, either guy kind of cause you issues? Um, Gretzky scored a few on me when I, with Edmonton, um, but he set up other players who ended up scoring on me. That was the thing with Gretzky. You know, mm-hmm. I was keying on him, and he'd dish it off, and a guy would get an easy goal. Um, Mike Allison actually with LA mm-hmm. scored two one night because Gretzky set him up and it was just it was, uh, <laughs> it, it was frustrating. Right. Um, because I played with Mike Allison in Toronto and uh, he scored a couple because uh, Gretzky set him up. Lemieux I did pretty well against. Mm-hmm. Um, he scared me more because of his reach uh, when he came in on a breakaway or whatever. Right. You know he had the reach where. You know, I got fairly short legs, and he had an unbelievable reach. Uh, he scored. He scored a pretty memorable couple of pretty memorable goals on me, also. But yeah. uh, I fared pretty well against the, the big players like Eiserman and Lemieux and Gretzky. I, I fared pretty well against yeah. them because um, I was much more keen on stopping them. Uh, where a guy like a defenseman or whatever, uh-huh. you know, he would end up shooting the puck, and it would not go where he was aiming it. <laughs> and I would react to where it was supposed to go, yeah. and it would go somewhere else. So I had to, you know, I had to reroute and make the save that way. So a lot of times it was it was screens, deflections, rebounds. Those were the goals that got, got scored on me mainly. Oh, I afraid he's up in the offensive zone, forgetting to come back. <laughs> and you're just you're just like Al, come back here. Um, you talked about that Hartford game uh, where you stopped all those shots. Uh, was that your greatest game you played, or was there another couple games that stand out where you know every goalie has that stretch or has that run where they're just unbelievable and you know you, the the puck is a beach ball? Did you did you have a time like that? Do you have a couple games that come to mind where that you're super proud of? And I mean, obviously the Hartford there's, game you lost, but there's been a few. I mean, Hartford was was great. Um, it was nice. Because I I sat for long times periods of time, 
and then got a chance to play, especially when Ken was there mm-hmm. in Toronto, and then get on a roll, you know, end up losing the game and being back on the bench again. Then you'd have to try and get back on that roll again. So that was tough. But uh, one one of the most memorable games for me was um, I'd been injured with uh, medial collateral ligament damage in my right knee, and I was out for at least a month mm-hmm. uh, just practicing and stuff. And, and then I came back and I sat the bench and sat the bench and sat the bench. And we needed to win the last game of the year against Detroit to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on the bench again, so I'm sitting there. And Kenny, for whatever reason, they, Detroit scored three goals in the first ten minutes of the, of the game. So Brof looks at me and goes, get in there. So <laughs> I went in. And we ended up winning the game 5-3. I stopped at least five breakaways, two or three of them by Iserman, uh, stood on my head for the rest of the game, and we ended up winning and making the playoffs. So that was probably one of the games where, you know, even Brof said it was unbelievable that Allen could sit for a month and a half yeah. and then step in and play and play at that level and, and get us in the playoffs. So that's one game that really sticks out of my mind was uh, that uh, yeah. game was, was... Cause the importance of it. And then, of course, you know the Calder Cup run uh, in uh, in Adirondack. Mm-hmm. I mean, this you know that was that was amazing. I had a run with uh, San Diego in the playoffs. That was great. You know, once I got to the minors, I knew I was going to play every game. Mm-hmm. So it became very easy to play, very easily easy to prepare. When I was in the NHL, I never knew if I was going to play or not. Right. And, you know. You never knew if you were going to get sent down. When I got in the minors, it was just such a comfort level for me because I knew I was the man and I was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I, there was no worries about getting sent down or being sat on the bench because I was going to play every game. Yeah, you played 61 games one year. 61 games. Yeah, plus playoffs. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, and I had, what, 19 games in the playoffs one time with uh, in, in the Calder Cup. It was yeah. 19 wins, I think it was, in the playoffs. It was 20-some-odd games so yeah that that was nice i i enjoyed that part of it and and the the lack of media uh scrutiny in san diego and orlando um was nice too yeah did you play in the sports arena in san diego down there is that where you played yeah yeah it's it's still there i went to concert not too long ago there yeah um yeah i I saw a lot of concerts there myself because i had connections then yeah so I got to see a lot of uh, a lot of concerts. It was great. Yeah, living in San Diego, another great city for sure. I live there as well. Um, who shot? Who had a great shot? Who who had a shot that? I mean, obviously, look the the, the big guy. You know, the, the, the Lemieux and, and and these guys. Was there a guy that had a shot that just maybe we don't think about, or somebody who just had a cannon that scored on you a bunch, or anybody well, like that? Three guys. Three guys that come to mind. And I played against one in junior, and then the NHL, of course, which was uh, Al McGinnis. Um, you know, and he would, he would get it teed up just outside the hash mark. Um, you know, and and it was, and the equipment I had again was not the equipment of today. So when you got hit, you got bruised, you got hurt. Um, that's why I caught everything. Uh, (laughs) And then, and then guys I played with were Ally Frady, tremendous shot. Um, I mean, but the nice thing was Al kept it down. He didn't. He didn't go for the top corners right. in practice, things like that. Um, guys like Russ Courtnell, who had a good shot, but he was taking a slap shot from the hash marks it was at going, my head. Most it was of the going time. anywhere, so, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was just. He would just let it fly. And and a guy that you guys wouldn't know 
who had a great shot that I ended up playing with was Gaston Gingra. Oh, really? Gaston Gingra, yeah, Gaston yeah. Gaston Gingra could fire the puck. Uh, but he was, again, he was yeah. he was smart. He kept it low. He didn't, you know, he was he was uh, he wasn't flashy, but could he fire the puck? Yeah, he was played with Habs and the Leafs. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Both, yeah, interesting. I'm guessing your favorite building to play in was the Forum. Like you said, it was just the Forum. So it's just everything. Well, um, the Forum was was amazing to play in when I when because uh, just everything I grew about up it, watching right? yeah. so many games there, and you know my heroes were there, the Yvonne Cornwallis, who I got to meet and play with in an alumni game, which was fantastic. Um, I met him and Henri Richard together, and we're in the alumni uh, hospitality lounge. And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Yvonne, I'm telling him how much of a hero he was of mine when I was young. Right. Uh, for a player, I was always a goaltender fan. Right. But uh, for a player, he was one of my favorites. And he goes to me, he goes, Alan, he goes, I haven't played in a while. He goes, where are you weak? I said, well, it depends. I said, on the ice between my legs, off the ice between my ears. He goes, I like that. I'm going to use that. I like that. <laughs> That's my line. I'm going to take it. That's funny. Yeah. So, um, But uh, probably my favorite favorite arenas were the old Chicago Stadium. Uh, that was an amazing building to play in just because of the acoustics and mm-hmm. the fans and the organ. Um, I had chills being in that. When, you, when they played the, the anthem, just gave you chills. And then uh, my probably my favorite rink because I won so many times there was uh, Joe Louis Arena. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Were you, when I was playing against Detroit because I had such a great record against Detroit throughout my career. Were you in net for the Todd Gill giveaway at Chicago Stadium, the last game of the year? Yes, I was. Oh, Todd Gill. Yeah. Crushed me yeah. as a as a Leaf fan. Yeah. And and two days later, I was on a plane to the World Championships. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you would have had. Yeah, you would have been asked to do that, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that was a heartbreaking game as a Leaf fan for sure. Well, uh, Alan Bester, thank you for your time for the uh, podcast. Uh, great stories. I'm glad you're doing well now down there in Orlando. And uh, again, yeah, thank you for taking the time and, and giving us some stories. A nice career uh, in the league. And uh, you know, I looked at looking at some stats for you. You had the 13th best save percentage out of any goalie in the last seven years of the 80s, which, which, which by the way, uh, looking at the stats, Alan, uh, I'm sure you're going to take this, you know, you can tell your family this, but uh, uh, Barrasso, Beaupre, you, Leute, Billy Smith, Grant Fuhr, you were better than Smith and Fuhr and Kurt McLean and Vernon, uh, save percentage-wise. So, like a nice underrated career. So. Take that. And the, and the scary thing is, I probably had double the shots <laughs> per game. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, you did for sure. Like I said, I, I had more opportunities s- than they did. That's all. If you need any therapy, you and Reggett should bill uh, Maple Leafs right now. Bill, call Brendan Shanahan and, and bill him because it's those clubs in the mid 80s that would cause you nightmares. I have no doubt. Um, thanks for your time. I got Th- pills for that now, so it's, it's okay. Right, right. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you, Alan. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks.